Welcome to Nerd Heaven. I'm Adam David Collings, the author of Jewel of the Stars, and I am a nerd. This is episode 21 of the podcast. Well, Star Trek Picard may be finished now, but Nerd Heaven is still here. Today, I'm going to be talking about my own personal history with Star Trek over the years. But how are you going with all this COVID-19 stuff going on? Tasmania is pretty close to full lockdown at the moment. The kids have been doing online school from home, which has been quite an experience. But we've got a couple of reasons to celebrate today. First off, it's my birthday. I'm 42 today, which of course is a significant geek milestone, because as Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy teaches us, 42 is the answer to life, the universe, and everything. The second reason is that tomorrow is First Contact Day, which commemorates the first contact between humans and Vulcans in the year 2063, following Zephram Cochrane's first successful warp speed test although this celebration has been tarnished somewhat, because it was on first contact today, in the year 2285, that rogue synthetics attacked Mars, under the programming of Commodore O. Anyway, that's enough in-universe stuff. Let's talk Star Trek. My history with Star Trek first began in the year 1985. It was Christmas morning. We were all sitting around the tree opening our presents. I opened one of my presents and it contained a big A4 sized hardback book. The book was called Star Trek Annual 1986. It was actually 1985 when it was published but they named it after 1986. I never understood why they do that kind of thing with annuals. Anyway, so this looked really interesting. It had this big spaceship on the cover. I thought, well this looks alright. But what's this Star Trek? Is, Is that is that a spelling mistake, or what is this? So I asked my mum, what's this about? And she said, ah, it's based on an old TV show that I used to watch when I was young, and I think you really like it. And, of course, she was right. I mean, I liked science fiction. So I read this book uh, quite a few times. It had uh, two comic book stories in it. They were called Ice Journey and Furlough to Fury. Now, it probably wasn't long after this, that our local TV station started showing repeats of Star Trek The Original Series. They were showing it on a Saturday at lunchtime. And it became quite a family tradition for us to get our food, take it into the lounge room, and watch Star Trek while we ate our lunch on a Saturday. Good times. Now, it was around this time, of course, that the original series movies were being made. Now, I didn't go to the cinema and see them, I do remember that I was familiar with Star Trek IV The Voyage Home in 1987 because I remember that that year I had the tie-in storybook and audio cassette. You remember those? Now, did I see the movies? Well, I don't remember them being advertised uh, as showing at the cinema. Uh, We didn't go to the cinema a great deal when I was a kid. Uh, Our local cinema was called the Launceston City Twin Cinema because it had two screens. Uh, it's possible that these movies were never even shown in, in my town. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure I saw both Star Trek 3 and Star Trek 4 on TV at some point during this, this era. And then, of course, Star Trek The Next Generation appeared. 
Now, my first exposure to this was seeing toys in shops and going to the local video rental place and seeing that they had these VHS tapes for hire called Star Trek The Next Generation. I will admit that I was sceptical at first. I mean, I'd never heard of the concept of a spin-off. Um, I don't think the concept even existed before TNG. Maybe some, some other show did it, but it was a pretty rare concept. I mean, this was a TV show that was called Star Trek, but it didn't have the, the right people in it. It had all different people. So what on earth was that about? Like, I just didn't understand the concept. And I remember looking at this... They had a toy Enterprise. It was the Enterprise D, of course, in a shop. And it looked kind of like the Enterprise, but it was all squished. And I'm just thinking, what is this about? Anyway, TNG first aired on Australian TV in 1989. Now, despite my scepticism, when I heard it was actually going to be shown on TV, I was in. I mean, it was science fiction, so of course I was going to watch it. And it was called Star Trek. It had a Starship Enterprise in it. Um... Yeah, I was going to watch it. <laughs> I think before we saw the pilot episode, they had this special, uh, which was uh, narrated by Patrick Stewart. Um, and in that, they actually uh, showed a colour version of the cage for the first time in, in TV history, I believe. And I, I was kind of curious that they had this this old bald man as captain of the Enterprise. Ah, <laughs> oh, the naivety. Back then, thinking 47 was old. <laughs> I'm not 47 yet. <laughs> But yeah, I sat down and I watched Encounter at Farpoint with my family on TV. And yeah, I was hooked. It was Star Trek. Um, and I just accepted the new crew. I accepted the new Enterprise. Uh, it was great. So yeah, I, I was in. Unfortunately, the opportunity to watch TNG on TV was taken away from me. Due to some weird stuff that was going on with the TV stations in Tasmania at the time. There were two commercial stations in the state. One was based in Launceston up the north where I live, and the other was based down south in Hobart. Now both of these stations were purchased by the same parent company, and I believe it was associated with the Nine Network. They actually both got rebranded as Taz TV. But there was a there was a legal issue. There was basically a rule that said that all commercial TV stations in the state were not allowed to be owned by the same company, because, uh, you know, that's a monopoly. So the Launceston station was sold to a new owner and basically became affiliated with the 7 and 10 networks. Now, the result of this was the station down in Hobart had the rights to show Star Trek The Next Generation. The station up in Launceston did not. So for several years, I didn't get to watch Star Trek. I missed out on several seasons of TNG kind of sucked. <laughs> I, I did occasionally catch episodes on VHS rental. I remember that's how I watched Best of Both Worlds. And I think probably Unification as well. Now, I did catch Star Trek VI at the cinema during this time. Uh, I didn't even know of Star Trek V's existence. Uh, later, I caught up with it on VHS. There's a bit of a trend here. <laughs> so in 1994... Uh, we had what we called aggregation, where the, both TV stations were allowed to now broadcast statewide, which meant I could watch TNG again. And I watched it religiously. This is when I really became a diehard fan of Star Trek. Now, back in the early days of Season 1, it was showing in prime time. It was like early evening, Friday or Saturday. But now, 
They were showing Star Trek at 11pm on a Thursday night. This was like seasons you know, 5, 6, 7 kind of time. So I would put a tape in the VCR and press record before I went to bed. And then the next day I would watch the episode after school. I remember one week something went wrong with the recording. I got home and there was there was no episode to watch on the tape. And oh man, was I upset. Uh, and I think what made it even worse that it was a two-parter. Not sure if it was part one or part two, but I was devastated. And then Deep Space Nine came along. Now again, my first exposure to this was at the video rental store where I, I saw the boxes on display. Uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and it said on, on the tape, from the creators of the next generation. This looked really exciting. A spin-off of a spin-off. There was no skepticism this time. A brand new Star Trek. And this time, set on a space station. I was so there. I enjoyed the pilot, which I did see on TV. I can't remember if I hired the first episode uh, to watch before it was broadcast. I probably did. Uh, but then the whole family watched the pilot of DS9 on TV. Uh, yeah, and I, I liked the pilot. But that first season was pretty rough. But I kept with it, and DS9 eventually became my favourite Star Trek series, and still is to this day. By now, we were in the golden age of Star Trek. DS9 and Voyager were on TV, and TNG was doing movies at the cinema, and they were being shown, and I was going to see them. The 30th anniversary in 1996 was a very special time for me. DS9 gave us Trials and Tribulations, Voyager gave us Flashback, and TNG gave us First Contact. It was a wonderful time to be a Star Trek fan. At this point, I, and most Australian Star Trek fans, completely gave up on Channel 9. They were showing DS9 one year, and then Voyager the next. So we were getting further and further behind. I remember there was like this little meme on, on like Usenet news groups where um, Aussie Star Trek fans would would spell nine as a N E I N as like a like a German um, it was kind of like an implication that Channel Nine were like the the Gestapo trying to keep us from watching our show. <laughs> and yes, I was active on the internet at that time. So spoilers were rife. I knew Worf would be on DS9 years before it actually happened. So I took to buying every episode on VHS. Every month, they'd release one DS9 tape with two episodes, and one Voyager tape with two episodes. This is how we watched the show. This is why I kind of struggled a little bit to, to really have sympathy for American fans who are complaining about Discovery being behind a paywall. I mean, I'd been paying for Star Trek for decades. You know, quite a lot of money. I, I'd, I've never expected to be able to see TV shows for free, because I've rarely had that opportunity in my life. Around this time, I was also reading a lot of Star Trek novels. I've got quite a collection here in my office. I've kept them all. During my university days, I started writing Star Trek fan fiction, although I didn't know it was called that. I found a Usenet group called alt.startrek.creative, where fans shared their own Star Trek stories, and I enjoyed participating in this phenomenon. Pocket Books held their Strange New Worlds competition around this time, 
where the best fanfic got published in several anthologies. I dreamed of taking part, but sadly these competitions were limited to USA only, so I was never able to join in. I also got into Star Trek computer games. I enjoyed the classic 25th Anniversary and Judgment Rights games from Interplay, which featured the voice talents of the original series cast. And then the next generation of Final Unity came along. I loved that game so much. This was further intensified by the fact that it wouldn't run on my computer, so I could only ever play it from time to time when my little brother would let me play it on his computer. We'd kind of, um, like, I had a computer and then, then he kind of got a new one, so his was better, and then a bit later I'd get a new one and my one was better, so it, it did get easier once my computer was actually able to play the game. I also liked the Deep Space Nine game Harbinger, at least the first half. The second half was pretty tiresome. I'm an adventure game guy, and most of the early Trek games fit into this genre, which was perfect for me. So, Deep Space Nine and Voyager ended, and then Enterprise came along. Now, I would have preferred to continue the story in the 24th century, but I quite enjoyed the more contemporary setting of the show. It was fun to see the captain of the Enterprise in a baseball cap, and while I may be in the minority, I really liked the theme song. It fit the new show, and, well, I liked the song. Now, we were actually back to watching on TV at this point, because... I think it was probably still Channel 9, but they were showing it. Um, we're only about six months behind America, I think. I remember when the pilot episode was coming out, I, um, I borrowed a projector, and we actually projected the, the show up on the wall at home, um, watched it on like a big screen. That was, that was cool fun. Even invited friends over to watch it with us. Uh, it was unfortunate that Channel 9 decided to break the pilot Broken Bow into two separate episodes and show them you know, a week apart. But anyway. And I thought the, the pilot was, was pretty good. But after that, the show struggled through its first two seasons. I don't need to tell you that. But wow, I really loved seasons three and four. And I was devastated when the show was cancelled. So, during that long, dreary drought, I managed to survive on fan-made Star Trek, like we all did. There were some very creative, dedicated, and talented people out there keeping the dream alive, and I'm still grateful that this happened. And then finally, J.J. Abrams brought a very different kind of Star Trek back to the big screens. I was filled with anticipation for the 2009 movie, I just wanted Star Trek back. And that pretty much brings us up to present day. Now, we may be on the dodge of a new Golden Age. Discovery, Picard, Lower Decks, The Nickelodeon Show, Section 31... But that's a whole other discussion. So that is my history with Star Trek. I hope that was a moderately entertaining story. I'd be interested to hear your Star Trek history stories. So leave me a comment and let me know how you first encountered Trek. So as I said last week, Nerd Heaven is now going to be on a fortnightly schedule, which means next week uh, there will not be a podcast. But the week after that, uh, we'll be doing our very first instalment of my Lord of the Rings Read, Walk and Watch series. Uh, and then two weeks after that, uh, we'll be talking about Star Trek Generations. 
So I'm looking forward to sharing both of those episodes with you. So have a have a great two weeks. Uh, take care of yourself, wash your hands, all that kind of stuff, uh, and uh, live long and prosper. Make it so.